0: You don't have to be a storyteller or writer because, guess what? Life writes the best stories.
1: Hear my
3: true story. Welcome back again to the Hear My True Story podcast. It is me, your host Otako. In this episode, we have part two of the conversation with Nathan one of the storytellers from the Here My True Story Project, Kampala. We shall get to know more about the storyteller, the backstory behind the storyteller. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Nathan Katongoli.
1: Welcome to Hear My True Story Kampala Season 1, where we tell true stories and have conversations about real-life experiences with non-storytellers and storytellers from Uganda. Hear My True Story Kampala is a joint project between Hear My True Story podcast and Omoti Creative, an organization in Uganda. Omoti Creative is an arts organization that provides safe and free learning spaces for creative arts, educational support, and cultural exchange opportunities to children and youths in Uganda. Hello, our listeners. Um,
3: uh, my name is Otako. Yes, today I'm here again with a conversation with Nathan. Nathan shared a beautiful story about his experience, his life as a child <laughs> studying in Uganda and living in the village in Uganda. <laughs> so maybe today we shall get to know more about that. So, Nathan, please, could you uh, introduce yourself for our listeners to get okay. to know more about you? Your Thank, name you
2: so much, mm. Thank you so much, William.
3: Thank you so much,
2: William. Dear listeners, hi, how are you? I hope this finds you very good and safe. Uh, my name's uh, Katongole Henry Nathan. I'm a performing artist by profession. I major in acting for theatre and screen. I'm a voiceover artist uh, for radio and TV. I'm a commercial model for still and visual, a, a storyteller and a content creator. And I work with the Acting Beasts Centred in Uganda, as well as the Orangutans Management. And generally, I am a freelancing actor.
3: That's me. But um, to continue on, I would like uh, to request you to a bit be loud so that I can really pick you very well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, In one of your story, as in when you are telling your story, you talked about uh, something that was with skin color, brown and black. I mean, Mm. I, I, I don't understand because in Uganda, most of us, we are we are Ugandans, we have light-skinned people, we have not like brown, we have brown people, we have black people, we have people of different colors. Mm. But but in your story, you mentioned about how color was a big thing on the side of your mother and how your mother was being called Mzungu. So my question is, Mm. is skin color a very big issue in Uganda? To an extent. Yeah. To an extent, it's an issue.
2: Mm. There's a saying in Uganda, mm. I don't know how best we can interpret it, that says, movie, naenga muero. Like, it's better to be with a woman who is ugly, but brown. Mm. <laughs> you know? So, mm. in, in, in Uganda, skin, by the way, is a very, very big issue, especially for women. I don't know mm. what really uh, inspires people about being brown or being too light skinned but there's a lot of bleach issue happening currently Mm. so for me my mom my mom is is half ugandan and half kenyan Mm. and she's really really light skinned like and back then in those years when she really had no big stresses and problems in life where she only had to mind about food and there's a husband providing there's more comfort and more growth with her skin so being very, very brown at my school, it was mm. not easy to find a light woman to an extent of my mom. They were there. Parents used to come around. They were brown, but not really, really, really brown. There's being that, they're having that chocolate skin. You're not dark. You're not brown. You're in between. But mm. my mom had a side. When you'd see her from a distance, it would feel like you're seeing a white person, you know? So it it was outstanding and it became a signature for her at my school that she don't even have to explain to anyone by just seeing that color from a distance, they know the particular kid for this particular thing. And my dad was dark skinned. <laughs> there was mm. a contrast. I don't know how this happened, and I still want to know how my father met my mom. I just don't get the magic because even me, the out the output, my skin mm. tone is is way too different from my mom and my dad. I am in my own lead as well. But skin mm. color is a very big aspect for people in Uganda. I, I don't really know what I should say about that because I don't even have extra research about it. Because mm. for me, I believe in embracing how I appear. That is who I am. But people are, mm. are, are kind of, you know, taking extra miles to make their colors different a bit. I, I don't know. To,
3: to make their colors light.
2: Mm, I, I don't know. They are taking that extra step of, you know, finding all possible means to make so, that color more light.
3: So th- that's where, uh, I mean, you, you you mentioned about bleaching in Uganda. For our listeners, bleaching is like people use uh, certain kind of chemicals or tablets to, to change their skin color t- tone yeah. so they can become white when they are not exactly. white people. Yeah, Mm. so if you want to be white, they want to be light-skinned. And it's really a big challenge in Uganda, I think. So as you mentioned in your story, it seems it is because of the colonial aspect. I mean, that's what I think. Because when the white people came to Uganda, they they, they showed that everything nice is white. Because they, they expect you have money, they expect you are... Rich, they expect you. You know, you are exactly. You you are you are really. I mean, white is more with aspect of colonialism. What white people brought for people in Africa was to change their mindset, not just about their feeling about Africa and Uganda, but also to feel bad about their skin color. And it's even a mindset still standing right now,
2: because even if someone found you. Mm. someone you literally stay with in the same house we've mm. been in covid we had lockdowns you're staying mm. with someone and we all know the situation that is ongoing in the country we are all locked down total lockdown no work no nothing and someone would come out to meet your mom who is brown and the first thing they would say is ah, for you you look good Seems you have money and this is a description by how the person appears so they think being brown or being white or being light is being rich, <laughs> is having good food, is having a very, very nice life. It's a mindset yeah. still stuck with other people. And people get more influenced. And like, maybe if I look like this, probably I would even be more attracted to men. Or maybe I will even have more chances of changing my life because of how I look. There's a saying in Uganda that says my face, I cannot have such a face and fail to feed myself or live a life I want to live, you know? So it mm. comes along with a lot of issues and and misconceptions and influence mm. that people end up making, which which actually kills their original their originality
3: as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I see that, and I uh, I wish some people in Uganda who have issues with their skin color trying to change to be white had a chance to to move to the countries of the white people, and then they see mm. how. We people who are here, we want our skin color. We want to be who we are. We don't want to change because that is who we are. We love our skin. But as you said, it's uh, a colonialism mindset that was put into people. It is taught. It is put in adverts. I see adverts all over Uganda. Yeah, yeah. And advertising is a big problem. And you artists, what is your take about that? (laughs) I mean, you artists, you need to reflect what you
2: said. There is a lot of misconception, and mm. uh, I should say greed. Mm. You know, our profession, and I'm sure the same thing happens to other professions as well. Our profession comes along with a lot of challenges. Mm. I don't know why 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 the world is so messed up that when you try to do the right thing, there's always someone earning out of defying it or hitting it away. You know. Mm. So as artists, like I told you in the beginning, we are, we are mirror, we are the reflection to society. We are the, re- the mirror to society. We recreate what we go through every day. And one of the ways we've tried to do this as an advocacy program, we've mm. tried to act out, uh, create content that shows the, the, the issues that come along with these things. But society, one of the problems we have is society is not willing to kind of understand us. And one of the problems I see why they can't understand us is because we don't contextualise issues. When I want to tell you the effect of being, of bleaching, I am using a strange language to teach you these things. Yet, if I had told you this thing in a language you best understand, I feel like there would be positive uh, response towards it. So, My take as an artist is going to come as advice for anyone who can come along this. I feel like we need to restructure. There is no department in this world or profession or human being who lives by themselves. You know, something or someone has to support you somewhere, somehow. So I feel like the chain, the chain has to be linked the right way to make these Mm. things change. From an artist or from a creative writer who is in a creative space creating something to put out there, to a Mm. director who is going to direct it, to an artist or an actor who is going to recreate this and give it life, to a DOP Mm. who is going to shoot it, to to the person who is going to put it on, on TV, the broadcaster and the consumer at the end of the party. They all need to come to a mutual ground, you know, and find a better way this can be put to society to make sense. We are so much influenced by things that do not make any sense to us in the angle of money. That's why I told Mm. you about the the greed aspect. People want, the the question is always one, how do I gain? Where do I gain from? If we reduce the aspect of gaining, because this money we make every day. William, we eat this money and it's gone. You can Mm. never make enough money. But the content you create five years from now, is going to live forever. We are watching movies from 19, I don't know. And we are still watching these things and picking relevances from them, you know? Mm. So yeah. we need to restructure our chain of production. It's the only yeah. way. And the other best way to do this is to make people understand things in their actual or in their original state. I have no reason why I can tell a Ugandan human being Using using French to understand what I want them to understand, but if I tell them in a local language, they literally understand. I feel like I'll have more positive response than using a colonial language.
3: Mm. Yeah. So, um, you, I mean, I still on this uh, skin color tone issue. Mm. What can be done for children, or for I mean, for young people to, to love their skin color tone? I mean, not to bleach, not to become white. What can we do? I mean, what can be done? Do you have an idea? I mean, what, what do you think what about can, that?
2: What, what can be done is I'm going to get the solution from my story straight mm. up. I feel like our grandparents, for now, it is luck and an opportunity for us that some still exist. And with their existence, they still have the originality in them. They have a certain tradition they grew up to and culture that they believe still needs to be respected. So I feel like parents trying to modernize life so much for their kids because of the influence and whatever they watch on TV. If these kids spend more time with these grandparents who at at most for the moment, I can say they could be a true source to keep people in shape. Because for them, they have a tradition and format they grew up with. They have a discipline they have. They know a growing child cannot do a, B, C, D. a child cannot greet someone without kneeling in this culture. And most of these things cut across to all the cultures in Uganda. You find that some things that are just so general that every culture has them. So I feel like if these modern parents who are trying to modernize life, let them have their time with their kids, but also give these kids to the, to the elders, I feel like there's a more way they can use natural aspects to help people believe in who they are. And even the parents themselves, they need to take a step. There's a way things are being neglected and left up in space, apparently. And I feel one of the things that have helped us is is what the lockdown did and COVID. People have learned to have more time with families. People have learned to relate with people more. So Mm -hmm. me who was refusing to stay in the village in my story, because I felt it was hell. In actual sense, there is more I would pick from the village that would nature me as as a human being that I may not be able to notice at that moment as a child. And maybe Mm. I could notice them at a later time and they're not even at any of my advantage or disposal for use. So Mm. the solution I I feel that can best work in regards to my story, because I feel it gives me the best uh, answer for this, is let's have more time with our local people people in the villages, our grand-grandparents if they still exist, let's go back there. Those stories they used to share for us give us more inspiration, you get, because of those people that you grew up believing in. Every Ugandan child, I am sure, has grown up being told a, grandf- a grandfather or mother. It is not mm. easy for a child in Uganda to forget what a grandmother or grandfather told them, whether by story or by word, or by action, or by what. We always pick up to these things. So I feel like it's the only way we can try to beat modernity because the pace at which modernity is running is really uncontrollable.
3: Yeah, I get that really, yeah. yeah. And in simple terms, you say. We need to tell our own stories, give the positivity, the, exactly. the, the the stories that really support us to love ourselves, to appreciate who we are and what we have, and how exactly. we appear, our appearance. Yes, I get that. Yeah, it's really nice to hear this conversation, to have this conversation with you. And because of time, I, I really want to ask you one last more question. Uh, do okay. you? Uh, do you have anything that you'd like to share with our listeners that we did not talk about, and you wish like you want to talk about it, to share it? I mean, yeah, to to market it. Maybe you artist, you have projects that you have accomplished, or that you would like people to 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 follow up on your platforms. Okay,
2: uh, one of the things I should say is I usually tell my friends and people in my spaces. That when you're good, you are good. There's no time a a, a bad person is going to relate with you if you're good. These are two different things. When you are good, you're always going to relate with very good people. And like I told you before, it supports. Stars make stars, you know. There's no star who has made themselves. If there's any, I, I doubt if he's on this planet. He or she could not be. They must be alien. But stars make stars it's from people who have been somewhere that others use those chances to stand up and be better people. And that's what the world is. It's a chain. It cannot Mm. be linked unless there's something else to link it. So I would urge people, one, to support our works. Secondly, take time to understand these works. You know, Mm. what are we trying to put out? And in case of any support in whichever way, In terms of growing craft and making the world a better place, let them take that step. There's a lot of mistrust. There's a lot of uh, misuse. There's a lot of hooliganism in this profession that stands within. We have a lot of people who are living a life they are not supposed to be living. People who are practicing a wrong job because they want to pick something out of it. But let's take time and analyze. And we can even criticize. Let's criticize because it's there is no growth in this world. If we didn't have challenges and problems, we wouldn't be who we are today. So if there's something wrong, if there's something bad happening, let's talk about these things and make the world a better place. Besides that, I would urge everyone to go to these social medias and find out who we are. Get to know more about us. I use Katongol Henry Nathan on all my social media handles. On my YouTube, on my Instagram, on my Twitter, on my Film Freeway, on my LinkedIn, on my WhatsApp, it's it's the same thing. Let's let's go and share this content. Let's follow Otaku's works because this is a very big initiative. It's, we are going to have a lot of intercultural relations, you know. It's time now to share. I want to know your culture and I would love you to know my culture. And there's something good, I feel, that can come out of Because that's the chain now I'm talking about. Even countries Mm. have boundaries. But if there's no boundary, it means we would not be connected. Everyone would be in their own space. But the Mm. fact that there's a boundary line that connects us, that makes the chain complete. So let's follow these works, let's support. And yeah, let's make a world a better place.
3: Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Nathan, for being part of the storytellers in on our here My Two Story Kampala project, season one. And we are really excited about your beautiful story. And thank you for sharing that beautiful story. And this conversation, it was nice to have this time with you. And also those who are listening, our listeners, please, um, I'm going to put information about where you can find most of the works of Nathan. He's a dancer, a film actor, a model. He has YouTube, he has uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook and all other social medias on this podcast. You'll sit down in the notes and then you'll know and find, you get in touch with Nathan. I think they can also get in touch through you on email. I can also yeah. put it there on if email, you say yeah. so. Yeah. 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 So I-, I would like you to share with me these uh, social media handles pla- and then I can attach them on this podcast. I surely yeah. will. Yeah. So, Thank you so much, William,
2: for the opportunity yeah. and the chance. It's a great initiative.
3: Yeah, you're in Uganda, so you would, would you would like to do um a to say bye in your language? To teach us, the listeners, how to say bye in Uganda, in Uganda? Okay. If someone bye. listening who's coming from Europe, US, anywhere in the world, they can learn something from you today. Okay.
2: Mm. Mm twayanza nyote wayanza ge, mewa watu wagi zi, mewa rikubanga mewa kumidde kuka programu kano hii true story, ne otako Williams, wamunange Katongole Henry Nathan, elamba kuviliza muangere, okuagida muangiro, kuviliza, kuasagania chini chini tu 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 ringe guanga, ni sio no kwa viliza mtu jifurish feti yeah Ya
3: translate. <laughs>
2: So what I said is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this podcast. And thank you for being supportive and supporting Otako Williams and Hear My True Story. It's a very nice platform. And I'm here with him as a storyteller, Katongole Henry Nathan. Uh, We urge you to keep supporting and listening and creating avenues where we can make this a better thing. Let's make our countries, let's make a world a better place. Thank you so much. Goodbye and stay blessed.
3: Yeah, thank you so much, Nathan. And it was nice talking to you. Bye. Thank you. To our listeners, we are happy to always have you subscribing, sharing and sending talking to everyone about this podcast, telling them that there's some nice work. Listen to the stories from Ugandan storytellers, Ugandans living in Uganda, in Africa. It's quite a nice platform for them to share their own true stories. Bye.
0: These stories were directed by Zoe the Storyteller. Audio production for the stories was done by Adnan Sinkumba. Many thanks to our project coordinator, Nicholas Kaiwa and all the storytellers of Hear My True Story Kampala Season 1. For more stories, please visit hearmytruestory.com. For more information about Omuti Creative, visit omuticreative.com or send an email to info at omuti.org. Thank you for listening. you for listening to our podcast music by edwin matovo hosted and produced by otako subscribe to our podcast for more stories and visit us on our website heremytrustory.com for more stories all the links are listed in the show notes of this podcast